0: Welcome to C-Buzz, the Columbus Chamber of Commerce's award-winning podcast and also the first business-focused podcast in the city. Our show was presented by the Columbus Chamber of Commerce and Capital University. I'm Michaela Hunt, brand journalist and your host for CBuzz, where we bring you unique and impactful stories directly from leaders right here in our Central Ohio business community. We're excited to be able to share these stories from incredible entrepreneurs and business members right here in Central Ohio. Today, we're welcoming Sarah Segan to our show. Sarah is the Chief Experience Officer at Ology, where she advocates for both clients and the Ology team in pursuit of deliberate design and meaningful connections that make an impact. Ology builds strong brands, drives recruitment, raises awareness and reputation for its clients. They inspire philanthropy and engagement through branding and marketing experiences, which include research, strategy, design, messaging, and much more. They've worked with Purdue University University, the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum, the University of Kentucky, as well as the Central Ohio Transit Authority and Greater Columbus Arts Council locally here in Columbus. Sarah, great to have you and welcome to Cbus.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate uh, being here. It's
0: an honor to be talking to you and the community today. So I tell you what, I love a great title and you have one, Chief Experience Officer at It always is meaningful to me when I see a title like that and it tells me a bit about the company. So tell us more about your role as this version of CEO, Chief Experience Officer.
1: Yes, I would um, absolutely love to. And I don't get to put the, you know, the uh, letters with it too much. But the thing I love even more is the idea of CXO, if I if I really got to do it, which is a little bit different, really focusing fully on the experience. And One of the things you mentioned when talking about my role and introducing me was this idea of meaningful connections. And if I had to summarize what I do and what my North Star is every day, it's definitely that. It's about creating meaningful connections. And I do that with two different groups of people and lots of of people and groups within that. First is our people at Ology. And what I'm connecting them to is the business, the work that we do, I'm connecting them to their own growth uh, and also connecting them to each other. So I'm responsible for company communications. I work closely with our leaders to support our people. I'm a resource for any individual that just needs a little help navigating a problem or solving you know, a situation that they maybe haven't encountered before. And I get to promote and create a lot of fun, too.
0: That would be an amazing part of your job, like be able to promote and create fun. I mean, that would be amazing.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's really where my job started from is (laughs) I used to throw one heck of a party when we were celebrating somebody or something and everybody started looking at me like she can really celebrate. And so we just, you know, kept making that a bigger and bigger rule for me.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, With this, you know, for the folks that aren't as familiar with ology, you know, I, I really, it's hard to categorize you. Marketing, are you a marketing company? Are you a branding company? I feel like you do so much for the people you work with. So how would you characterize who you all are? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, because I think the answer
1: has evolved over time. So we were traditionally a branding agency when I started at Ology over 13 years ago. I think we had dabbled in marketing when we thought about how we would execute some of the brands that we created and bringing that to life. But over the years, we've become more and more strategic in actually executing marketing and not just creating those pieces, but actually really thinking about uh, marketing planning and, and bringing, bringing together a whole vision for how that brand rolls out and all the different audiences and touch points. Uh, we do that through you know print and very traditional media, but we also do it through video. And now you know web and digital is a huge piece Piece of our business. So I would definitely consider us a brand and marketing agency, but I might have not said that 15 years ago.
0: And telling stories and getting them to the right audiences, which is so important to companies in 2021.
1: Most definitely. Uh, we consider ourselves to be storytellers. Uh, we tell one heck of a good story. And uh, I think what is most important about telling a good story is making sure that it's authentic, and that takes a lot of hard work to really find that, that true core and then figure out uh, that authentic story and then an exciting way to tell that so people can really latch on to that.
0: Yes, and be able to identify with that brand that you're working with. We'll dive a little more into that a little later in the interview because I know there's some other important components of that. But I want to ask you more about your CXO role. Let me ask you a little bit more about that. Part of that role is fostering, and and this is where the celebration comes in, I would imagine, a positive and productive culture at Ology. Why is a positive culture, do you believe, such a foundation? Piece of success in business. Yeah,
1: thank you uh, for bringing up culture because that is such a main component of my world uh, every day. And I think that when you create a space where great work can happen, then it really creates a sense of passion for the people. And once the people are passionate about the work, everything just falls into place and you have people that are enjoying what they're doing that makes them more productive and then they are supporting a culture and then you want to support them to enhance that productivity and it just all should feel organic in a way and so by really focusing on just creating that space where that great work can happen I think is really what's at that core. I also think that businesses are nothing without their people. Mm-hmm. We, I- individuals, make up our business, and we can never forget that. Uh, we have to make sure that we are creating a space where. People can make an impact on the work that we're doing um, and on the business itself, too. We want if people are passionate about the work and they're invested in the business, let them truly invest. Let them be a part of your story as a business.
0: So let me ask you this about finding passionate people? Because finding the right people who have the passion for what you do is, is critical. Do you have a recipe? Do you have a screening tool that you all use to be able to find the folks that are passionate for what you do? What? How have you found success with that?
1: That is a tricky one. I have to think on that a bit because there isn't a magic formula. There isn't a perfect science to finding people that are passionate for what we do. I do know one thing. (laughs) They actually find us sometimes Um, quite often. And I think that goes back to this idea of creating a culture where your people feel like they're a part of the business and where they're passionate because then they go out and they share their experience as what we call an ologist with their friends and uh, with the people that they might network with in regards to business. And over time, that word of mouth uh, creates a sense of – Desire for somebody to want to learn more about ology. They're intrigued by what we do. They start following us on social media, and over time, we've actually built quite a bit of our um, employees around that word of mouth. I do think that it is important for us to grow in the way that we do that, though, because uh, you know at ology. A lot of us look the same, and we need to continue to expand and be more diverse in the types of people we have at our business. So even though this idea of a really strong culture and word of mouth has gotten us really far with having these incredibly talented people at Ology, it creates a lot of hiring somebody that is like the person that's already there. And we really want to expand our perspectives on the way that we approach work. We want to create more diversity in the types of people that we have at Ology. And that is requiring us to look more deeply at how we recruit. And in order to be fair and just in doing that, maybe we can't just always go by word of mouth. We actually do need to post jobs. And we need to post them in different places where we can get unique applicants that we maybe haven't looked at before.
0: I I love that because so many people are thinking about this right now, right? Like from an HR perspective and a a company culture perspective, this is a big conversation and topic. Um, So that's great that it it feels like you guys have so many things nailed down, but this part is a work in progress for you. So you're creating these ologists, which I love that as well, um, thinking kind of about the the people that you work with and what they're going out into the world and sharing about the company, but you're still, you admit, you you guys are still a work in progress on some of who you're looking for.
1: I think a good business uh, that wants to innovate and stay relevant and be true to who we are and to the people that uh, work at your business should constantly be evolving. And we have definitely noticed this to be a huge opportunity when we think about DEI and I am proud that Allogy is always willing to change, adapt and evolve and to work harder on changing something that doesn't necessarily need to change, but it will make us better if we do.
0: You participated in a workforce panel for the Columbus Chamber of Commerce earlier this year that was really centered in building employee retention strategies too. So let's talk a little bit about that. Why why should companies be invested in employee retention? I think we know some of the obvious answers. And, and But what really was your biggest takeaway from that discussion as a panelist, given where we are societally and in this kind of moment that we're in right now?
1: Yeah, thank you. Because I really enjoyed being on that panel and I could talk about it forever. So stop me if I go long here. But <laughs> you got it. Um, when it comes to the importance of retention, uh, I think profitability is a, is a easy answer that a lot of us might be able to um, tie back to because the cost of finding somebody and training them uh, to understand your business uh, not only can cost money, but it just takes time and effort from your people. Uh, so it can be really costly. But moving beyond that, I think that turnover is really hard for people, um, especially when you have a really tight knit and strong culture. Uh, You you have strong relationships that are built within your organization. And no matter why somebody might be moving on from your business, it can be emotionally hard for, you know, your people. Productivity. Every time you train somebody and they have experience in your business and they, they move on, they're taking that knowledge with them. We can't. Extract that from them and give it to the next person. We have to start all over again. That can be really hard on teams too. So now they are burdened by having to make up some of that lost ground. And they're emotionally, you know, maybe upset that they might be losing a friend or colleague. And then I think lastly is client satisfaction because that's important for us because we are a client-based business and we build trust with our clients and that takes time and that has to do with building relationships. Anytime they lose a team member, we lose a little bit of trust and then we have to start that all over again. So those are some of the major um, pieces of why I think retention is so important.
0: What are the some of the things you think companies can do to address those items? So, you know whether it's talking with a client about when a key member has made a transition to somewhere else, or if it has to do with um, you know taking care of your own team members that are feeling that some that kind of loss. What is some of the advice you would give to those kind of going through that from a culture perspective? Yep. I have
1: uh, one big idea to answer that and that's transparency and there's we always have to respect somebody's privacy when they're exiting uh, you know a job but I do think it is incredibly um, important to be honest with the people that they have been working with um, to be empathetic and to talk through that you have identified that this is going to be a challenge for them and talk to them about how you're going to help them how it's a challenge for the business, just uh, open and honest dialogue is goes a really long way. And I would say that same thing for a client. Uh, If I am ever struggling with what do I do in this client situation, this one's really tricky. And I don't quite know how to navigate it. I always bring myself back to Sarah, just be honest, it's one human talking to another human. And that might take practicing how you want to articulate something so it makes sense uh, to the audience that you're speaking to. But I definitely think transparency is key to working through hard um, transitions as a team.
0: Yeah. In a post-COVID world, even though we're not quite there yet, how do you think employee retention looks and some of the factors that companies may need to consider with that?
1: I am interested to see what retention looks like in a post-COVID world because haven't we all asked ourselves, is this really, you know, what I want to be doing anymore? Do I really want to live in this particular area of the country? Or, you know, what if I have to do this remote forever? Or, oh my goodness, now that I've been at home all this time, do I really want to go back to an office? I think we're all questioning a lot of things. Uh, in based on what we've learned over this past year. And that's great. I think we should all be questioning those things. And I think your business should be questioning those things too. We, The last thing I want is for every business to go and snap back to the way that we were. This is our opportunity. This is when we can evolve. This is when we can change while the world is changing and while people have identified that they may have different needs than they have before.
0: And I think, too, when we talk about purpose-focused organizations, um, the attractiveness of that in a post-COVID world, when people have thought about, should I be here? Should I choose something different? I mean, there's a lot of elements that go to that. And you made those points pretty really clearly a second ago. But when it comes to the, the purpose-focused organizations and those that are really there, I, I think that's highly important. And it's interesting because you guys build these brands that are meant to stand out and, and meant to inspire action. Um, so let's talk a little bit about building a purpose-driven brand. I mean, it, and it trickles into your employees. It's the external messaging that you have. It's what you're putting out into the world. There's so much with it. But let's talk about the importance of that and and really what steps those listening to this podcast today can take when it comes to finding their purpose, because it's going to impact their employees. It's going to impact the people they work with. How can they really look at their purpose and and hone in on that in in those areas?
1: Yeah, I uh, feel so fortunate to work at a business that is focused on purpose, uh, because that just makes a deeper connection for me as a leader to the business. And lucky for us, our founder started Ology by doing work for nonprofits. So that's just always been a part of our DNA and always been on the forefront for us as a company. It gives us meaning in the work that we do. Uh, We even have a mindset around it, which I absolutely love, which is the harder you work on a project, the more space it takes up in your heart. And it really comes Uh. down to finding the right type of work that you want to put, take up space in your heart. And we all want to believe that we're doing good. We recently had a a mental health um, learning opportunity here at Ology where I was able to realize that doing good actually is good for your mental health, which makes a lot of sense. And I'd never just made that direct connection before, but I just think it's so incredibly amazing that your work can fill space in your heart. And I'm glad that we give people the opportunity to do that. Now for a business that um, is looking to really figure out what their purpose might be, I would consider thinking if they actually have uh, values, Company values are such a great way to think about what you're driving towards and giving people almost a playbook on how to work with each other or with your clients, if that's the case. Um, It can be a pretty natural process by really just huddling and starting to think about, well, what is important to us? How do we act every day? What Do we prioritize over anything else? And just start going through that exercise and seeing what rises to the top. Creating those values is a framework that gives people a tool to use when they're making a decision. So for ology, one of our values that I cherish is be a good human. So when you think about the idea of transparency and being honest, I directly tie that to this idea of being a good human, because I would want somebody to be honest with me. And so I think that you can use your values to make decisions as a business and as an individual. So it's a tool for everybody. And that creates purpose for the community.
0: Do you find that some of the individuals, companies that you work with, that they haven't established their values or they have and they're just not bringing them into their culture as much as they should and being strategic about it?
1: I think it is really easy to create something and put it on a piece of paper and not integrate it into your everyday. And um, I don't know if I not, if I actually identify that as often with clients, um, just as much as I know that it probably does exist, because continuing to reinforce your value system and bringing that to a t- to the top in a way that doesn't seem cheesy or uh, not authentic, you know that that's hard to do. Uh, so you have to be very deliberate and intentional about choosing values that feel natural to integrate into what you do every day, and then finding meaningful ways to keep those top of mind for your people. An example that ology does is we print out note cards and those note cards have each of our four values um, listed at the top. And then we actually encourage our people to then celebrate each other when somebody does something that demonstrates one of those values By writing a personal note on that card and physically giving it to that person, there are envelopes so you can physically send it to that person right now. And that is a way that we are consistently reinforcing our values and tying it back to the way that we reward our people for the great work that they do, but also encouraging our people to do it with each other
0: and not just making it a
1: top-down activity.
0: How You said you've been there for 13 years, right? Yep. How did you guys get that to catch on? Because it can be hard, you know, to for an idea or a concept like that to catch on. Was it leadership really modeling that and sending them out at first? Or was it a, a core group in your company that said, yeah, we're going to try this. We're going to do this. How did that look?
1: I... Um... I think that it is important for leadership to demonstrate uh, you know, the, the value system and the way we put that in action. For ology though, uh, after those values were in place, because they were so natural to who we were, because we had spray painted them on the wall and cr- you know created these physical cards and you just reinforced it anywhere that we possibly could it just caught on and then there's that natural uh, desire to move that forward or to celebrate those values right so we created an opportunity for people to celebrate each other. People love celebrating each other. And then we gave them a tool to do it and a channel to do it. And then we actually opened up the end of our company meetings. So what we did is rather than the leaders having to demonstrate by doing it all the time, what they did is they created important time in our company's schedule for 10 minutes to just do what we call a shout out where we would pass out those cards and do that in real time at a company meeting with the whole business being present. So that caught on like wildfire. All the business had to do was invest the time. The people then stepped up to the plate to celebrate each other.
0: That's awesome. And I think, too, you guys, it sounds like creatively did it from a visual standpoint and with the resources that you built. So that time and that creativity and those resources, you add it all together and you get this great combination where people start to catch on and, and do this more often. No, that's a great example. Thank you for sharing. Because I think some businesses struggle with that. I, I, I truly do when it comes to living their values. Um, so that's mm-hmm. a great example, a very specific example of it
1: catching on and Michaela something you said there just sparked something that I think is important which is taking the time to focus on those types of things because we can be um, a little tired from you know being creative all the time for our clients so it can be really hard to focus on our own business but we want to deliver the same experience to our people that we deliver to our clients because they deserve that and that takes effort and that takes time and so Spending the time to be creative with our own people and not just our
0: clients,
1: uh, you know, goes a long way.
0: Yeah, and speaks a lot to being able to find those passionate folks we were talking about earlier. When they hear that this is your culture and this is what you're doing, it means a lot. Um, let's talk about external culture a little bit too. Um, it's just as important as internal culture. Um, can you? Elaborate on that for our listeners, though. What is external culture to a company? What does it mean? Um, tell us a little more about that. Yeah, most definitely. the
1: The only way to live up to a great culture externally is to really have a solid internal culture that creates brand advocacy, that creates people that are going to go out there into the world and talk about your culture. And that has to be authentic. You know, you can't just go ask somebody to do that and it's not going to catch on in the same way, right? So it authentically builds from the inside out. And it can't be super formal. You just have to focus on the inside. And then that spirit will take off externally. I also want to flip the idea of external culture on its head a little bit and not just talk about um, ologies, external culture and how we're perceived. But I also just want to talk about our people externally, because I think it's incredibly important for you to focus on the. Uh, success of what makes up an individual outside of how successful they are at work. And that is really important.
0: That does flip some things on its head. Yes. Let's talk about that.
1: So, there's some things that might not naturally make sense for employers. It makes sense maybe for HR person, but, but maybe not everybody, which is the idea of just look at an individual and think about some basic things. Like, do they feel safe in their, in their, you know, home life? What responsibilities do they have outside of their career? Are they a parent? Do they have a second job or a side hustle? What, Things outside of work give them joy. What kind of emotional support systems do they have outside of their coworkers? And what makes them tick and what drives them? Now you have to think about all of those things somehow benefit the business. Because if you can help tie how those people are feeling outside of work to their work in some fashion, then you are creating a connection to that person by allowing them to thrive at work, by giving them the opportunity to thrive outside of work and really focusing and paying attention to what's important to them. Yeah. And I think that this goes, this goes on into that idea of creating meaningful connections and truly creating a meaningful connection with somebody isn't going to just happen over a client meeting and a piece of paper. It doesn't mean it has to be overly personal, but there are opportunities to connect people to things that are alike between different coworkers, to passions. If there's a client that might align with somebody's personal passion, if they have a side hustle, can that be our holiday gift to everybody else at Ology that year? There's just simple things you can do That takes people's outside world and brings that inside to the culture. So I think that's a very complex idea when we think about external culture. And one thing that I want to share is um, a little story about me and my role. Which is interesting because I was always on the account service side of things. Servicing clients, always on client calls, managing projects, managing meetings. That was my trajectory at Ology is would be to continue to lead that team, have more complex clients until one day our founder Bev said to me, I have a, an idea for you. I have a vision. I think you should be in charge of our company culture. And I was like, what the heck are you talking about? I, what does that mean? You know, I did not go to school for HR. I like I I manage clients. I've done that here for six, seven years, you know, and what she did is she identified a passion that I had, which was connecting people and celebrating them. So
0: I was going to say that celebrating them, which we started talking about, like with the beginning of this conversation. Yep
1: and she identified that as something that i could bring to her business and I didn't, that was never my career trajectory. And I have never been more satisfied in a job in my life because I'm passionate about it as a human. And I'm personally connected and invested to this role more than I ever thought was an imaginable, uh, uh, more than I ever thought was imaginable. And that wasn't because I picked that out for me. That's because ology took my personal passions and was able to connect that to a new job that I never would have found for myself.
0: And that's a beautiful thing that, yeah, you don't always see within a company's culture, Mm -hmm. like finding that for people. I love that. You wrote an article for the American Marketing Association in April of 2020 about bringing innovation to higher education during a time when work from home was the new standard. We were all feeling it. And in that article, you talked about reimagining your process, specifically putting processes to the side and really focusing instead on what needs to be achieved. Um, What is the value of having an organization that is able to reimagine their process and not just stick with the same old, same old?
1: Mm -hmm. I think that reimagining your process is a way to stay relevant for your people for your clients for your industry you don't want to let things constantly be changing around you you have to change with it and a business it's important that we identify trends and we embrace them for the value that they can add to our business and be comfortable adapting and not be stuck you're going to attract better talent if you're not afraid to change, especially with those that are coming out into the marketplace, you know, that might be recent graduates or looking for a career change. They're looking for businesses that innovate. And right now, I can't think of a better time to experiment uh, with your business than right now when everything has just changed.
0: Oh, yeah what ways have you guys done it yourselves, the way that you do business over the last year and a half? What are some of the, you know, innovations that you have kind of created in your processes, um, given the challenges that we've seen in 2020 and
1: 2021? Well, we had to do things we'd never done before for our clients because all of a sudden they were in the same boat as we were and now having to attract and retain students uh, without them even being on campus and so we just had to come up with new products and things to do to help them which was just true critical thinking and problem solving and what we were able to do was not stick our stick to our normal process to do that with them and that has created stronger relationships and the opportunity for us to now have more things that we do like these virtual events than we had prior to covid Additionally, we uh, obviously have learned how to work remotely because uh, as an agency, we had the opportunity, uh, the ability to do that, which we were fortunate to have. But we, what we learned from that is, wow, we can't really do this. So we're not coming back to the building with a nine to five schedule, everybody back at their desk. It's going to be different now. It's going to be more optional for you to show up to the office. You can call in from home. People are used to having that flexibility and we need to continue to support that. And another big thing that we learned was we don't have to innovate on our own just as the leaders of the business. We had these huge community sessions where we invited everybody from Ology to participate and share ideas about how we can innovate. And we pick topics and we just like, went for it and brainstormed and just collected ideas and let other people that were passionate about ology share ideas that they were already connected to the business and had a better line of sight because they're actually down in the weeds doing the work every day. And some of those ideas uh, have really stuck with the business and we're moving forward and we're continuing to do more and more of that.
0: And it's so interesting thinking about higher education and the changes they did see and how you guys had to pivot. I mean, there was no choice in working with some of the clients that you have. You had to do that in terms of what they needed when it came to student retention and those things.
1: Yeah, because we cared about their success. So we weren't going to say, well, you got to go find an event company. No, we, these were our clients and, and we wanted them to get, make their year, get the amount of students that they had set, uh, their goals towards. And so we rallied and we, you know, locked arms and went to work and figuring out how to solve their problems. That's client service.
0: Yes. And the harder you work on a project, the more space it takes up in your heart. You were working for those folks and had a passion for it and it, and it shows, Kind of in closing, what advice do you have for our listeners who are really looking to bring innovative solutions into their workplace, but might be struggling to, to get to the point that you all were able to get to early on?
1: I would have two pieces of advice. The first is don't shy away from taking risks because with risk, there's reward. And if it doesn't work, you can always go back to what you did before. And if you're transparent with everybody about, hey, we tried it and it didn't work, but this is why we tried it, then that's all people really need to know. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say you know, take those risks that the pace of business has accelerated. We have to think differently, faster, be flexible and nimble and pivot more than we have ever have and just be open to that. And that in itself is something that you should be proud of and celebrate. And then secondly, one thing that Ology has really done over this past year is lean into our leadership team beyond the most senior leaders of the business. Let them be active, active participants in solving the business problem and not just put that on you know, the CEO and, and president of an organization. If you have people in a leadership or a management position, and they truly are connected and passionate about the work that you do, then they're equally as passionate about helping to solve those problems. Not only does it directly impact them, but it directly impacts the people that they manage. At Ology, we have biweekly leadership team meetings where we just bring up, there's no certain framework or way that we have that discussion just every couple weeks we get together and we talk about whatever we think is most important for us to be addressing as a team and a lot of times that's just brainstorming and figuring out what makes the most sense as a group uh, that then gives the business something to activate
0: on got it well thank you so much for taking the time to share your story and also just to give us some advice about how to innovate and about how to work on projects in a way that really connects with our heart and who we are as people because i think that's the biggest takeaway that you've given me today at least is that connecting to who we are as people and really bringing getting to the heart um of what matters and what you can be passionate about in a project i think those are the the elements that really stand out so sarah just just thank you for the time
1: thank you this was wonderful i
0: appreciate the conversation if you want to learn more about Ology, visit their website at Ology.com. You can also listen to more episodes of CBuzz by visiting Columbus.org forward slash CBuzz. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to let us know by sharing your ratings and reviews on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you may be listening. Your reviews help people find our show and hear our community's stories. We definitely read your feedback and we value your ideas as we plan for future episodes. CBuzz is proudly produced by the Columbus Chamber of Commerce in collaboration with Capital University. We want to say a special thank you to their talented students, faculty, and staff for helping bring this program to life for our listeners on a regular basis. Once again, I'm Michaela Hunt, your host for CBuzz, and hope to catch you next time.